Good morning. It's good to be visiting with you all this morning, as Dale so kindly put. Uh, it is a, uh, a season of much travel for us. Um, our travel this week was pre-planned last year uh, because we enjoyed our time uh, at the marriage retreat. Um, and I want to encourage everybody, as I did last year, um, this usually happens annually the week before Valentine's Day because usually lodging in Gatlinburg area is cheaper and also the conference centers are a little bit more available as well. Um, So uh, there's a flyer on the back there if you want information about it. There's also a website, but I encourage any married couple, try to slot out time for this at some point. Um, It's a very rewarding time spent with uh, brethren and learning how we can strengthen our marriage and our Christian homes. Um, Last week, um, I had the opportunity to to speak up in Columbus um, at the... Fishinger and Kinney, uh, Ohio Winter Lectures, um, and my topic, one of my topics uh, was focused on how we can equip the church to face secular realities, um, and the focus of, of that lesson that I gave was similar to what we had been talking about for the past several weeks, and that is how we are to be lights in the world, and where our focus needs to be in the world. Uh, we talked about that a little bit this morning as well, as in our uh, morning Bible class, talking about being encouragers. So I wanted to talk about uh, one of my favorite characters in the Bible today, and the example that he gives us. In August of 1986, my wife was a mere month old, um, and I was a couple months older, uh, Weird Al Yankovic, reportedly, by the way, a member of the church, released the album Dare to be Stupid. It's the title song. It's also uh, a song on the album. And in that song, in the style of Devo, yes, those of the Whippet fame, he had lyrics such as this, burn your candle at both ends, look a gift horse in the mouth, mashed potatoes can be your friends. You can be a coffee achiever. You can sit around the house and watch Leave It to Beaver. The future's up to you, so what you gonna do? Dare to be stupid. Unfortunately, uh, it seems all too often today that many in our world, in our society and culture, seem to lean toward the spectrum of daring to be stupid. The song, though, mostly gibberish, is really a tale of how people waste their time Instead of, be, instead of being uh, actively pursuing a life with a purpose other than stupidity. Of course, the focus not on the world, but of things that are above. And this morning I want, uh, again, to look at a character of the Bible um, to help us kind of understand how we are to be in this world. Um, and this character lesson is not to help us be to dare to be stupid, but... Dare to be Daniel. That's our focus. I want us all to think about the things that we're going to talk about in this lesson and how you can put these things into practice in your life day to day. Of course, the Bible is filled with many godly men and women who are worthy of not only our attention, but also give us an example to live by. And Daniel is, I dare say, number two on my personal list in terms of a perfect example to live our life by. Daniel was a man who was blessed with great power, 
with great favor and success in his lifetime. And some of you may recall the study that we did many years ago. <laughs> All right, just a few years ago. Um, uh, on the book of Daniel, but just to recap some highlights of his life. Daniel started out with distinction among the children of Israel. As we just heard read in verses 3 through 6, he was among those who were selected out of the Israelites to be trained, or a better word, indoctrinated in the Babylonian teachings and culture in an effort for, uh, by the Babylonian Empire to influence and change the traditions, faith, and culture of the Israelites whom they, have con- whom they had conquered. They picked the good-looking. They picked those who had influence. They picked those of the king's house of Israel, and all um, Daniel, uh, Hananiah, uh, Azariah, and uh, Mishael were all of the house of Judah. They were all of that, that, that lineage. And so they were very important characters to pull out of Israel, to bring to Babylon in order to indoctrinate them. And so um, this uh, attempt <coughs> by the Babylonians... Uh, didn't work on Daniel, nor did it work on his friends, Mishael, Azariah, and Hananiah. And as we just heard read as well, their Babylonian names that we are all very familiar with, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel also gained prominence against, uh, or amongst the wise men of Babylon. Or Babylon. Wow, words today. Um, Later on in, in chapter 1, in verses 17 through 20, after he finished his Babylonian instruction, um, he really raised up in the ranks because of his ability to interpret dreams and the impact that that had on the king. And of course, the wise men weren't too kind of that or too fond of that. Um, and all, all the things that Daniel did, those were things that were God-given. He was God-inspired through all of this. And it's something that was well out of the reach of the abilities of the Babylonian wise men. Later on in Daniel's life, he was given power over all of Babylon. I mean, a young boy coming from a conquered nation, rising up in the ranks of the Babylonian Empire to be a ruler. That's impressive. Amazing influence. And his influence was so great that he was able to take his three friends... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and put them in high-ranking positions in the kingdom as well. And then, as the Babylonians fell, a new power came to be. The Medi-Persian Empire. King Darius comes in, and well, in Daniel 6, we see Daniel gaining equal prominence and power within the new conquering kingdom as he had in the old one, in Babylon. Now, how was Daniel able to reach these positions of power and influence without compromising his position as a godly man? A close look at the book of Daniel, of course, reveals his secret and shows how we too can be successful without losing our soul or losing focus on God. So this morning, as we study this godly man, I want to first notice that as a young, even as a young teenager, Daniel was a man of purpose. Look at verse 8 of Daniel chapter 1. We're going to be spending a lot of our time here in Daniel today. I'll jump into some New New Testament and some other things in the Old Testament as we go throughout. But Daniel 1, verse 8. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. Now, what we just heard Matt read was that the king had allotted a portion of his food. Uh, I think Matt's uh, translation said the king's delicacies. But these were the king's food, his wine. It was the finest food in the kingdom. 
And Daniel said, I don't want that. Anybody heard of the Daniel diet? It's a new diet fad that's going around where you just eat vegetables and drink water. Sounds terrible. Also, reportedly, that's what the lions were on in the lion's den. They were on the Daniel diet. That's why they didn't eat him. That was a joke my wife told me, so I don't take any credit for that. You blame her for that one. So, in verse 8, the ESV says, Daniel resolved. Other translations may say that Daniel purposed in his heart. A young boy in a strange land, Daniel was immediately faced with a challenge to violate God's law by eating the king's food. This food was unclean, according to what we see in Scripture here, meaning that it could have been just unclean according to the law um, because of either what the food was or the fact that it was sacrificed to idols. Uh, many scholars believe it was the latter, but it's possible that other things, you know, unclean animals and so forth, were a part of this as well. But despite his youth and the obvious pressures to conform, Daniel resolved to uphold the law of God no matter the cost. And the cost here was that he faced certain death. The king and uh, uh, the, the chief eunuchs, uh, Ashpenaz, he, they, they could have said, uh, no, you're going to eat the food or we're going to kill you. That's, that, that's your option. But he remained purposed in his heart. He faced possible death or at least severe punishment and said, I don't want to eat those things. <clears throat> Please give me these other things that I wish to eat. And because of his willingness to put God first, look at verse 9. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of eunuchs. So Ashpenaz didn't kill him. He didn't even punish him. In fact, he said, okay, Daniel, you're a pretty good guy. I'm going to do as you ask me to. I'm going to provide you these things that you need. Of course, there's some back and forth that happens in the following verses. The, the chief eunuch, uh, chief of eunuchs was worried about how this may impact Daniel and his friends and, and that they won't be, wouldn't be strong enough to compete or, or, or they would lose you know, the, their good looks because they'd get all skinny and, and all that stuff. But, in fact, the opposite happened, right? And apparently with the Daniel diet, the opposite can happen as well. Who knows? Not going to try it, right? Now, how God did this, how God gave favor um, to the chief of eunuchs, we don't really know. There's not a big explanation. But I think it's the same thing that happened in the case of Joseph as well in in, in, uh, Genesis chapter 39. Uh, Genesis chapter 39 starts out with the with the, uh, the incident with Joseph and Potiphar's wife. And her lies and her attempts to bring Joseph down, all because of his decision to remain purposed in his heart, not to defile himself, not to defile the the law, um, that put Daniel in some, or not Daniel, Joseph in some trouble. Then we read in Genesis chapter 31, verses 21 through 23, it says, The Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Joseph had been thrown in jail for the lies that Potiphar's wife had told. Potiphar. So Potiphar threw him in jail, but he, had, he was given favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. 
We see the connection there? It's very similar to what happened with Daniel. By putting God first, God blessed Joseph in such a way that favorably impressed others. But notice how in both cases, in Daniel's case and Joseph, the end result of that blessing, the end result of him providing favor in the sight of others, would ultimately honor God. That's what they did with their life. By purposing in their hearts, they were honoring God. Every child of God needs to be a person of purpose. A wishy-washy person, someone with no direction in their lives, those aren't really people that most folks want to associate with or be around. You typically gravitate toward those with similar direction. Those with purpose gravitate towards others who also have purpose, and sometimes even the similar purpose. Those who are wishy-washy, they gravitate towards the same kind of people. At the same time, a strong sense of purpose um, often breeds respect and admiration in others. And as we see in the Bible, at least in Daniel and Joseph's cases, that was God-given. God provided that respect and admiration in others. So what should be the purpose of the Christian? Well, Jesus makes it pretty clear in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom. We talked a few weeks ago about Colossians chapter 3 and where your focus needs to be on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. That's very similar to what Jesus says. Seek first the kingdom. Seek the will of God and fulfill it in our lives no matter the circumstances. And as Jesus promised, this will guarantee God's favor toward us and in turn likely gain us favor in the eyes of those around us. And of course, the end result, glorify God. That we are glorifying God ourselves and that the, uh, others will see that in us and glorify God as well. So, will you dare to be a Daniel and be a person with a purpose like he had? No matter how young one may be, it is never too early to seek first the kingdom of God in his righteousness. Throughout his life, Daniel not only had a strong sense of purpose, but he was also a man of great principle. He refused to compromise his convictions. As we read earlier, he did this as a young man by refusing to eat the king's meat or, or drink the king's wine. And as an old man, he did this by refusing the gifts of Belshazzar. Gifts of fine clothing and gold and power to the man who could interpret the writing on the wall. Daniel chapter 5, verse 7. After Belshazzar, who was kind of the governor of the province at the time, was throwing this big, we'll just use the word party. And of course, the hand appears, writes the writing on the wall. No one knew what it was saying. None of the wise men could, could interpret it. And so they called in Daniel. Dan, and, and the king said, or the, the governor says to Daniel, he says, look, if you can interpret this writing on the wall, I will give you uh, a chain of gold. I will clothe you in purple linens and you will, ha- you will be third in power over all the kingdom. And verse seven, Daniel says, and I, I, I sense just a, the slightest of sarcasm here. Let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to someone else. Nevertheless, I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. And of course, Daniel does that, and not long after, Babylon's overthrown. And they, they just come in and wipe everybody out. 
In Daniel chapter 6, under the threat of persecution, he refused to obey the decree of Darius, which ordered that no one would be allowed to petition to any god or man for 30 days. The only person they could petition would be the king. Of course, we could go into the deception that was involved with this, but the ultimate end result, if someone broke that law, would be that they would be thrown into the den of lions. In Daniel, in verse 10 of chapter 6, we read, When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. People admire persons of principle. And Christians need to be people of principle. Outwardly, Christians may be ridiculed. And those people that do the ridiculing, they may outwardly do that. But inwardly, they may wish that they had some sort of, the same sort of fortitude to stand firm for what they believe in. And when they need someone that can be trusted and depended on to carry through with an assigned task, who do you think they're going to turn to? Someone who is wishy-washy, that's not principled at all? Or are they going to turn to someone who is purposeful and stands firm for their principles and stand by their words? Look at Psalm chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. Psalm 15, 1 through 5. O Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who shall dwell on your holy hill? He who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart, who does not slander with his tongue and does no evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord, who swears to his own hurt and does not change, who does... Who does not put out his money at interest and does not take a bribe against the innocent? He who does these things shall never be moved. We need to be principled people. And our society is in great need of people of principle. Amen? Those who dare to be Daniel and demonstrate by example the value of being led by principle rather than being led by price or pride are not only highly valued by by God but also by their fellow man. But having purpose and principle is not it. That's not all. Another element for true success is needed. And what that element is can be seen uh, when we observe that Daniel was a man of purity, of pure heart. His opponents couldn't find any fault in him. Turn over to Daniel chapter 6. When it came to how Daniel ran his business affairs, he was faultless. Look at verse 1. It pleased Darius. Darius, by the way, was the king. Many Persians who had overthrown Babylon and were now, uh, now by overthrowing Babylon, had also overthrown Israel because they were enslaved to Babylonians. But it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps, to be uh, throughout the whole kingdom. And over them three high officials, of whom Daniel was one, 
to whom these satraps uh, should give account, so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king planned to set over him, get this, the whole kingdom. Verse 4. Uh-oh. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Daniel was given a position of authority. Three other high officials. And Daniel, because of the spirit in him, was put even above them. He had, he had excelled and achieved even more than them. And those other two officials were likely Medi-Persians. And Daniel, this Israelite captive who had been so well thought of in the Babylonian Empire, is now doing the same and exceeding even to the point of overseeing the kingdom. And so that made people mad. People didn't like that. And so they sought to find an excuse. They sought to find error. They sought to bring him down, but they could not find it. He was faultless. And I think that helps explain a little bit the human side of how Daniel rose to positions of great responsibility and power. Of course, his purity and business affairs were related to his overall purpose to please God first. And the fact that as a man of principle, he could be trusted with those things. I think you guys know the next bullet point. Christians need to maintain pure conduct. Are we going to be perfect? No. As we talked about in Bible class today, it seems that society thinks that everyone should be perfect to be held to any kind of high, high position or high power or authority. But we know that there is only one who was perfect in all His ways, and that was Jesus Christ. But we need to maintain a pure conduct. Strive for it. And it doesn't matter whether you're a young person or an old person. As uh, Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, he says, no, let, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. That's a, you know, that's a charge to all Christians, not just Timothy, but everyone. The specific nature of let no one despise you for your youth was the fact that Timothy himself was young. He was a young preacher, for the lack of a better term. That's what he was. But some people looked at him because of his youth and looked down on him and said, oh, you don't have... You can't tell us what to do. You're too young. You don't, you don't have any wisdom. But Paul encourages him to set an example in speech and conduct, love, faith, and purity. Now in Titus, another of Paul's letters to a young evangelist, Titus chapter 2, verses 6-8, through eight, Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. So it doesn't matter whether you're old or young, we need to maintain purity of conduct. And it also doesn't matter whether you're a slave or free. As, as Paul continues in verse 9 of Titus 2, he says, Bond servants are to be submissive to their own masters in everything, 
They are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. Slaver free. It doesn't matter whether you're a boss or you're an employee. Maintain pure conduct. And people who maintain purity in their dealings with others are often given positions of great responsibility and privilege because they can be trusted to use those things wisely. Yes, Daniel was a man of purpose, of principle, and purity, and how the world needs more like him. But the element that likely tied all these things together in order for him to receive blessings from God and favor from man is the fact that Daniel was a man of prayer. A glimpse of his prayer life, which was mentioned earlier in Daniel 6, verse 10. And there we see, let me, let's just read this. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Kneeling down in prayer is a display and demonstration of his humility. How often do we kneel down to pray to God? I remember one time at church camp, we were talking, I think we were actually talking about Daniel and kneeling to pray, and the person who was giving the speech at chapel that day asked us to get down on our knees in the dirty chapel and pray. And it was moving. Because I'd never done it before. Maybe as a kid, I sat at the edge of my bed, you know, on my knees and folded my hands. But how many times as an adult would get down in that position of humility and pray? Daniel prayed three times daily. This was a demonstration of his continual dependence upon God. He gave thanks at this time in the midst of persecution. A demonstration of his gratitude and the fact that he had not lost sight of the many blessings that God had given him, the trust that he had in God that no matter what man could do to him, he was not going to go against his principles and he would continue petitioning the one true God. We can do that, can't we? We get so caught up in the small problems in the grand scheme of things that we forget to look at how God is working in our own lives. We talked about that a little bit this morning. We may focus on the outside of that dirty, ugly-looking rock and completely miss the beautiful gemstones that are inside. If we consider that in terms of our life and experiences as well, we may get bogged down in the negative things that impact us from day to day. We may get bogged down in the negative things that we see in the news or we see our fellow man doing in this world and lose sight of the wonderful blessings that God has given us and lose sight of our purpose. Daniel's prayers, as the ESV says, as he had done previously, and I believe other translations say uh, that they were a custom since his early days. And this demonstrates his persistence and faithfulness in his service to God. Daniel didn't get down on his knees and pray three times a day because the decree was signed. He did it because he did it all the time. That was his thing. He did it. We talked about this morning. It's something that was ingrained in his brain. It was natural to him. I think it's likely that his custom to pray so diligently helped him remain a man of purpose. It helped him remain a man of principle and purity. 
Despite his rise to power and preeminence over the empire, he remained firm in all four of those characteristics. Likely because of his prayer life. Christians should follow Daniel's example. We need to be people of prayer. We need to learn the lesson that the finest of God's servants must remain or must maintain regular and fixed prayer habits in order to continue steadfast in devotion to the Lord. If you only find yourself praying on Sunday mornings around as we gather together or maybe around meal times and not any other time, perhaps may I encourage you to find a new routine or create a new routine that encourages you to pray other times of the day. Get in the habit of praying around times of the day in which perhaps you struggle with things. Maybe there's a certain time of your work day or school day in which you're just stressed out, you're looking forward to going home. That's a great time to kneel down and pray. Connect back with God and focus on the kingdom. As Christians, we are instructed throughout Scripture to pray often. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18 reads, Rejoice always. That's verse 16. And verse 17 says, Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Paul also tells the Colossians in chapter 4, verse 2 of that epistle, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Church, there are a lot of things that we are to be thankful for. There are a lot of things in our life, in the society and culture that we live in, that we can be thankful for. Yeah, there are a lot of bad things, but there are a lot of good things as well. There are a lot of blessings that God has given us in our lives that we can be thankful for. And looking for those things, looking for the joyful, even in the dark times, is important. In our efforts to live purposeful, principled, and pure lives, If, if our life, if we find that we're not filling out those characteristics, if we find that we look at this list and think, I'm not a man of purpose, or I'm not a woman of purpose, I'm not very principled, I, I, I don't really have purity in my business affairs or, or my conduct, could it be that you have an undisciplined prayer life? Could it be that you have an undisciplined devotional life as well? Are you focused on the Word of God? Are you reading the Word of God every day? This morning we talked about spiritual eye disease. And I loved the comparisons that were given in the book of nearsightedness and farsightedness. Everybody has a different prescription. And we need the Bible to help clear our vision up. We all require bifocals so that we can see near and see far. And the Bible can help us with that. We need to be... We need to continue steadfastly in prayer and in study so that we can remain people of purpose, principle, purity, and prayer as Daniel was. Are we willing to dare to be Daniel when it comes to our prayer life? There is a false assumption that to get ahead in this world means that one must conform to the sinful practices of the world. But even today, there are many Christians who demonstrate that when one dares to be Daniel, they can succeed in the affairs of men without selling their souls to the world. Daniel has an important part in my life. Because it wasn't until 
I read um, a commentary on the book of Daniel and really read the book of Daniel from front to back and learned about Daniel's life that I changed my life. I changed the way I saw the world. I changed the way I interacted with the world. And it changed where I am today. Because I can say, not boastfully, but when I changed my ways, I did find success in the world. I got a promotion at my job. I ended up getting a new job. And then I became a preacher. All because the change that was made because of Daniel. That's why Daniel's number two on my list. Number one, of course, is Jesus. But in terms of the example that we can live by, Jesus first and Daniel is a great second. Will you dare to be Daniel? Will you dare to be a person of purpose, principle, purity, and prayer? Because the world needs it. How can we help you with that? If there's anything that we can do to assist you in your life, whether it's through prayer or study, or if you're here this morning and you haven't been baptized into Christ, that's a great start. That is a great start because really without God, without Christ in it, you can be a person of purpose, principle, purity, and prayer. But without Christ and without the forgiveness that is available through baptism, the end is still the same. How can we assist you with that this morning? If we can, now is the time that you can come forward while we stand and sing.